This week on the Theme Park Workshop podcast, we're talking some news updates. Guardians of the Galaxy might have an opening date or not, and the Minions attraction has had some new permits filed. Ooh, exciting. And Balthazar Banshee be breaking in with his Balthazar Banshee beat. Oh my goodness, no. But we also need to talk about Iron Gwazi because... That's why you're coming to the show. <laughs> it was so epic! This week on Theme Park Workshop. Yeah. Hey, howdy, hey, listeners. Welcome back to Theme Park Workshop, the podcast. You're here with this your... darn theme park show here in this here side of the frontier galaxy. Live long and prosper here on the Old West. It's the power of the dog, yeehaw. Anyways, we're your compadres, Jonathan and Adam. And <laughs> they, you know they say Star Wars is a space western. <laughs> In ways, I always looked at it more as a space opera, which is why. Have you heard of the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? No, it's it's not a tale that the Jedi would tell. No, no. <laughs> you know, usually intros prelude to something, but I I I think this is just what is this? <laughs> well, uh, Banshee has his what is it balthazar banshee beat segment and he was going oh that is coming up cruiser um so because star wars is a space western i started out western and that's how we got here anyways i'm jonathan and i'm here with adam i hope y'all are doing well this week it is (laughs) wild out there but we're here to just take some time off kick back relax and talk about theme parks we got some good stuff for you tonight we got iron guazi talk because we both Ooh. finally got to ride that. And just hopping right into our news, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, no, not Mission Breakout, Cosmic Rewind. That'll get you until you that'll get you until you actually ride the ride, Jonathan. I know it will. This. It will. Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has had let's let's call it a a rocky history of of leaks. Um earlier this month, uh, it's March now. It's earlier last month. Um some of the merch leaked onto Shop Disney, which some people on Twitter were able to obtain. Nice. Um, the merch Grab was bag. It was promptly pulled seconds after being posted because somebody made a mistake. But <laughs> now some people have the very first Cosmic Rewind merch legally obtained from from Disney. He could probably resell it for thousands of dollars on eBay at this point, uh, just for the novelty of it. Yeah, but or of course, keep it for a memorabilia, like for your own. True. Yeah. But of course, one leak was not enough for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind because are you, are you telling me that there's there's been two leaks? Two leaks, yes. So At Disney's least. Disney's chief corporate affairs officer, his name is Jeff Morrow. He posted a tweet, um, and he was talking about how he got to test ride Cosmic Rewind and how great it was. And then he was like, "Come out and enjoy it Memorial Day weekend at Epcot." And, uh. Well, nobody had announced that the ride was opening Memorial Day weekend. This is, a, of course, something that was rather expected. But, you know, there there was a lot to unpack with this tweet. Uh, he tagged at Epcot Center, which is a parody account of what <laughs> Epcot the city would be tweeting if it was around today. Um, which, obviously, you know, that's <laughs> tagging a parody account. And, and you know... What's even what makes this even funnier is that this is the guy who was hired to handle 
the PR of the BP oil spill. And now, now he's uh, Disney's chief corporate affairs officer. And if, you know, he, he's clearly not good at covering things up, I think is, is what we're trying to say. And... Well, Jonathan, what? Jonathan, I, I, honestly, I don't blame the guy too much. It's been so long. And this is even the biggest leak he's dealt with, so... <laughs> I mean, kind of cut some slack, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, no big... So, so now you can buy your ticket to be there, make your reservation to be there. Is Memorial Day May 25th? Uh, I think, yeah, that, that weekend is. I will be there. I'm sorry, I don't know the calendar. I oh. apologize. No, I, I will not be there. I am going to a friend's wedding. Um, but Adam will also not be there because... Well, he might be there. I don't know. I feel like I feel like he he might surprise us all and and go for opening day. Um, Never know. I'm, a, I am what they call an enigma, like Patrick Starr. You don't get that reference because you didn't grow up with SpongeBob. No, and I've only seen like seasons one and a half. I've been I've been trying to catch up on it, but I just don't have the nostalgia. It's it's not the same as if I had grown up with it. But yeah, so. <laughs> I'm excited for Cosmic Rewind. It's not every day that Disney opens a brand new, never been seen before attraction. This is probably the the first and last time it will happen for probably at least five more years. I can't think of anything new that Disney's building that isn't a clone on the horizon at any park. Legitimately, let's see, Galaxy's Edge is getting cloned. They're re-theming Rock and Roller Coaster to Iron Man. Shanghai really doesn't have anything in the works. Uh, yeah, I think this is the only original Imagineering attraction. You mean here? You mean here in Florida, right? No, I just mean globally. Uh, two years ago, my friend, we got a Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure. That was two years ago. Oh, oh, I thought you said the last one was five years ago. Gotcha. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm saying that I like for the next five years, I can't see any original Imagineering attractions. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe, maybe they're building Mary Poppins right now. Maybe, you know. that. Yeah, you never know. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a theme park expert. No. Ooh, theme park experts. That's a story. Uh, what, what I will say, though, um, I know, like, everyone's kind of laughing at the leak as, you know, it's funny. But uh, because then he retweeted. Well, not retweet, but he... If he if he had Twitter blue, he could he could have gone back and edited his tweet, but he went and deleted it and put up a new tweet, you know, fixing the errors of his ways. But um, on TikTok, I believe, or maybe just general social media, uh, Disney did release a look at the station and the ride vehicles. It's called an Omni Coaster, which now we know what to call Escape from Gringotts. Is it a is it a motion simulator? Is it a 3D ride? Is it a roller coaster? Omni coaster. It's an omni coaster. All of it, and with screens. So, yeah, it should be it should be exciting when it opens. Um, I like the first looks that we're getting, um, and I think that's uh, I think that's great. May we pray that a token animatronic makes it into the queue? Did they confirm that? No, they they said. There was an article that said it would have animatronics. Everybody wilded out, and then the article was redacted with the animatronic section removed. Oh. So I, I can't imagine we won't see a rocket animatronic somewhere. They gotta, they gotta have rocket. But I don't think we'll be seeing uh, Uncanny Valley Chris Pratt anytime soon. 
but we do get the real Glenn close. So that's that's great. Yes. All right. So next story. Next, yes, next story. Minions. We haven't really talked about the Minions attraction coming to Universal Studios Florida on the show. So I wanted to bring this up because I think it's very unique. And I really appreciate the fact that, I mean, let's be real. It's, it's replacing Shrek 4D, which for all intents and purposes had run its its lifespan. Um, it was still good. It was that is still- what happens when attraction opens and closes. It does, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> make it through a lifespan. 4D theaters are kind of out. At this point, if if you don't have full motion seats, you don't belong at Universal. Killer <laughs> Magic belongs to my heart, Jonathan. No, no at Universal. Oh, at Universal. Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. Universal, it's like if you're going to be a screen attraction, you got to have at least a full motion base. But anyways, I appreciate that for what appears to be a low-budget Minions attraction to to kind of fill out the the lineup, that they're trying something new, which is a shooter ride with screens and it's on a moving walkway that has turns. I am very impressed with the ambition here because this seems like it would be a very difficult concept to properly execute. Imagining like, depending on the height requirement for kids, like how do you make sure that the guns are all sized properly for different people that the ride provides equal viewing experience if it's on a walkway? Um, as well as what the scorekeeping will be like and tracking, because I think this could be really fun to re-ride if, if they make it so that it's like one of those where you, know, you get on and it, it's like Toy Story Mania where it's, it's easy to, to understand and to, like they have a bunch of Easter eggs on how to get more points. That seems really exciting to me. Um, on the other hand, I think Minions coming in as a shooter ride, um, gives universal grounds to potentially remove men in black thinking hey we already have a shooter ride in minions which i don't think men in black's going anywhere for a while just because it's one of the few practical attractions and they're gonna have to deal with the simpsons contract in a couple years and fast and furious there's a lot of things that need help before men in black um and we might be getting that men in black 21 jump street crossover at some point so you know they got to keep it around for that but that would be really the only negative. I mean, it, it creates a more cohesive entrance to the park theme yeah. to Minions. It's trying something new. It's not it's not a clone. It is an original attraction. Um, I'm just saying there could be worse. I've seen a lot of people get upset about this, and Universal could have done something later. I mean, they could have brought the DreamWorks Theater over here yeah. and just copy and pasted that. But they didn't. They built something that's new and hopefully pretty high capacity. So what, what are your thoughts on the Minions attraction, Adam? Uh, not my first choice, but I am reserving judgment one way or the other until we see things, until we, I know there's legal confirmation because the permits for the moving walkway, navigation, right? It's not a ride vehicle, it's a moving walkway, whatever. There's permits for that, um, apparently, but Universal hasn't said themselves anything um, about it. They're heavily hinting. You can kind of read between the lines to get this idea. We're also just going based on, we're still speculating a lot. I don't know if I can make a judgment based on my speculations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is a Minions ride at the front of the park something I would have said, yes, we need that? No. Does it make it more cohesive? Yeah. What does Shrek and uh, Despicable Me have in common? They're both animated films that Universal now owns. Like, that's that's as cohesive as it got. 
and at the front of the park you just put all the kids stuff there it's going to get wacko long lines probably because all the kids are like minions i see Um, this as putting a a cork in the front of the park and so we can we can trickle to the back of the park while everybody else is stuck in this first (laughs) too yes but there are other things i probably would have anticipated more being there i know secret life of pets would have been tight to put there but that would have been something fun something they haven't had you know in that area before they've not had like a moving dark ride uh over there everything's been very stationary just in that hollywood area um or production central you could have done secret life of pets you could have um done dreamworks theater which i thought it was going to be to keep that whole movie thing going on and what i've seen of the kung fu panda movie like i would have appreciated that here Uh, i would have I mean, that's what I did over in Hollywood. It built off what they, they already had. And of course, the Horror Nights fan in me would have wished to become a permahunt or a Universal Monsters epic dark ride. Unfortunately, it's going to not be that. Um, although some of us in the HHN fan space hold out hope. But at least, at least there's rumors that the second theater is just going to be a permanent haunt space. Not to like do all year, but it's going to be like a sectioned off special event black box area um so am i looking forward to minions i look forward to most things that are new at universal so in that way yes is it something i'm like over the moon about not particularly but i mean it's better something than nothing which this is true maybe not with <laughs> we joked that maybe not with fast and furious but i think that one's because the things that replaced were so much better uh <laughs> yeah. but you know, as long as they don't have another one of those, I think I think we're good. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll always be sad that Born did not turn out to be a shortened Back to the Future stunt spectacular. Yeah, I wanted to tell tell Back to the Future in in thirty minutes, like they did Finding Nemo, you know, on stage, bring out the DeLorean fire effects, or you could just take the songs from the Back to the Future musical that's touring overseas now. I can't shortened. believe that made it. <laughs> I remember hearing about it back when I was in college, which I can say back in college because it's been, gosh, it's been two years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they announced that they had like a little teaser trailer. I said, well, that's cute. That's not actually gonna, and it's it's happening. I don't I don't think Universal will do Back to the Future the musical though. They, they are doing they the would back do a to lot the more other musicals room. before they do that. What they are doing the Back to the Future Escape Room supposedly supposedly yeah well that's different than a musical like a musical seems too kitsch a little too kitsch for that they do cursed child or something else i think maybe harry, Wicked potter in Japan. And the, harry potter and the cursed child abridged comes to fear factor lie <laughs> i mean it fit all right so yeah the next thing we had on our docket is our patreon now this is not really plugging the patreon although it is plugging the patreon but Adam had some uh, some updates. What's the difference? <laughs> Adam How has, do you? <laughs> Adam has some updates on some things that have changed on the Patreon, and uh, you can go into that, my friend. Yeah, we have a Patreon. You might have heard of some of our episodes thanks to our patrons. Well, today our our uh, patrons are Landon Kenoki and AJ Dana. Thank you so much for your patronage. Um, but the biggest change is that it's active again. The different patrons that we've called out in the past, they were subscribed, but we were not charging at the time. 
just because we wanted to find our footing again and we had that long hiatus, but now we're back in a groove. This is something that we're committing to. And so it makes sense to have it. We have completely, I mean, not completely, but we've majorly reformatted it um, instead of a $1 tier and a $5 tier. Um, it's a $2 and a $5 and the, and there's no $10 tier. We used to have a $10 tier. I forgot about it because it was not worth the cost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we dropped that because of those reasons. So here's the breakdown right now on our Patreon. So instead of the $1 tier, the $5 tier, the $10 tier, we've gone to a $2 and a $5. Um, and you're welcome to give how much, how little you want. It's up to you. If you even want to uh, give it all, because to us, the Patreon is more, hey, you like our stuff, you want to support us. Because of that, we want to thank you in various ways and get you involved in kind of what we're doing. So our $2 Banshee tier, you're going to support Theme Park Workshop. You get a public thank you in the credits. We're going to be very good about bringing that up <laughs> every every episode. Um, and when we do videos, uh, again, we'll make sure to have a slide and all that. Uh, and you'll get detailed updates on the channel on the Patreon page. If you've been following our Patreon page, uh, you, you will know that when I go in and make updates, they are very thorough. Um, and we, we try to give you a really good idea of what our plans are. Plans don't always come to light. Uh, they don't always turn out the way we had planned, but at least you know we are active and thinking and working uh, every every step of the way. And then we've got our $5 tier, the Brennan Fraser's Cup of Coffee tier is what we're calling it. Pretty fun. Uh, you get the same benefits as the, the $2 tier, the Banshee tier, uh, which you support us, you get a thank you, get detailed, thorough updates, but you also get a little bit more because you are helping us more. You're supporting us more. Uh, you get early access to episodes. Going to get those in a day before, at least. And that's for podcast and video. Um, we try to have these pods out on Monday, usually. Uh, Monday afternoon is usually when these pods go up. So on Sunday, you'll be able to listen to them. Uh, and you also get Patreon-exclusive content uh, as we have it. Uh, so deleted scenes sometimes from our pods. There's like we had a Disney Plus rant <laughs> a couple of episodes back, which did not fit with the show theme. I think that one was for Poseidon's Fury and E.T. Adventure. So obviously that was not going to make it into the full episode, but that's something we uh, provide. We uh, bloopers. You should hear this episode. We've had many bloopers just at this point. Um, we'll we'll include cut those together, include them. Things like that are parts of a script or a tangent we love that we can't use. So as the I, we can't guarantee that it's going to happen every episode. Sometimes we have a very smooth episode, like episode 12 with AJ Dana. It was a great episode. You should listen to that episode. If you're not listening to that episode, it's very smooth sailing. There are no bloopers. There's no extra content. But as, as it happens, and it does happen, uh, those will be available as well to you. And you'll have um, the whole backlog of everything. So, like, you're thinking, oh, well, what if they don't have bloopers for the next three weeks? You can check out the bloopers from <laughs> everything yeah. so far. Yeah, so if, if a Patreon is a thing you like to do for creators that you listen to or watch or enjoy any of that um, and you want to support us, um, you can. That is up, that is active, and we will give back. Um, and we appreciate it and, you know, put into the show and all that jazz. So I think that's all I have to say, Jonathan. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Patreon? 
yeah, we really, really do appreciate your support. And thank you to everyone who provides for us because we do eventually want to make this into something bigger, hopefully. And the Patreon is the start of that. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. We really love and appreciate you. And now it's time for a little break. And then your favorite Banshee will be showing up. My name is Balthazar Banshee, and this is Balthazar's Banshee Beat. At long last, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is open to the most upper class of Star Wars fans. The ones who had to sell their surprisingly valuable childhood collection of specially marked prequel trilogy special case cereal boxes to go. Of course, I wasn't invited. So I will have to be like the everyman who saw the prequels once, said, These suck, why would I ever watch this trash again? And now have to settle for clowning on the worst clips I see of the LARP Hotel on Twitter. Based on my admittedly quite cursory overview of the Star Cruiser, the Balthazar Banshee verdict is that this is simply a shambles and the second greatest failure in Walt Disney World history. Just behind the original Galaxy's Ledge, and just ahead of letting Figment hold Buzzy for ransom so that the insidious Purple Dragon can continue to take up space. How is Galactic Star Cruiser a failure, you may ask? Let me count the ways. Number one, they steal the immersive elevator entrance from Disney Quest's side for later without the decency to bring back Aladdin star Dan Castellaneta. Number two, they write a special effects stunt show without any of the staging on the set because... Demon. Number three, they couldn't shell out just a little extra of Daddy Bob's money to let us hear the bodacious vocals of Adam Driver during the experience. And number four, the biggest perks they offer are all expenses paid Lightning Lane to Millennium Falcon Hondo's Run and Rise of the Atom Driver. That's it. And number five, they thought you needed a weather simulator of Florida to feel more at home on the Star Cruiser. It makes no sense. Why would people want to be in Florida? When reached for comment regarding ongoing improvements, Josh tomorrow laughed and said, You think we need to? I'm the most beloved guy here, and they still love me when I take ages to build Tron, drag my feet to bring back trams, and do the littlest effort to do anything here that matters. And you know why? Because look at this face. I'm gorgeous, and gorgeous people can do anything. Here, kid, take an inclusivity key and go enjoy the Star Trek Hotel. They're both as real as my actual lightsaber. And Listen, I'm sure there are plenty of people who find value in these things for five to six thousand dollar bones, but I'm not one of them. Nor should you be. Because I say so. It's a highway robbery. A scam. But you know what's not a scam? Non-fungible tokens. Coming this fall, Balthazar Banshee Enterprises is collaborating with Web3 Technologies. Balthazar, you cannot promote NFTs on our show. Think That's about it, Jonathan. What would Walt do? Exactly this. 
Thanks to progress, you can own everything and nothing at all. Like a memory. The memories, the magic, and you. Let the memories begin. Jonathan, Jonathan, I did it. I pulled the plug Dang. on his feed. So no more of that nonsense. Oh, boy. Yeah, I was getting some 2011 flashbacks with those ad campaigns, but... Ooh. Woo. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Do I know. Have... I never thought Balthazar Banter would go the way of Crypt TV. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess next... Balthazar Banshee will get a segment on Peacock and leave us. You you will not be able to buy Balthazar Banshee NFTs on our show. Or no, on our, not on our show. <laughs> no, we, we shut that ish down. <laughs> so, so, so I'm sure we'll talk plenty about the Star Cruiser in the upcoming weeks. Um, but we didn't do it, so what can we say? Exactly. I, some of the segments, though, I mean, just like one minute like brief rundown i did like some of the things i was seeing on twitter obviously there's some gaffes um in its preview performance but i don't know some things look pretty enjoyable there am i going to spend five to six thousand dollars it depends on how much money i have with what's currently my bank account that ain't going this way but say one day i have a million dollars and i can just throw money to the wind maybe yeah, we can, we can we can go. We can both chip in. It's not six thousand dollars a person. It's six thousand for a family. So uh-huh. um, we could each chip in three k and uh, make it a make it a trip. Make it a theme park trip shop. That's what we're gonna call them. Is that our new segment? Theme park trip. <laughs> Let's get to on. that Patreon. We're kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of trips, this previous week or two adam and i have both gotten to ride the roller coaster known as iron Gwazi. this coaster is a sequel a remake a reboot of the original Gwazi, but everything is different not only is it themed to a crocodile instead of a half lion and half tiger but it's steel instead of wood um and it's also stealing the show and <laughs> and see what you did there <laughs> And once again, Bush Gardens has done the same thing that they did with the original Gwazi, which was try to compete with Universal's Islands of Adventure back in 1999 when Gwazi originally opened. Bush Gardens wanted a pair of dueling coasters to compete with the dueling dragons at Islands of Adventure. And in the beautiful year of 2022-2021, originally 2020 before COVID shut everything down, Bush wanted one of the best steel coasters in the world to compete with Islands of Adventure, adding one of the best steel coasters in the world. Um, and as such, coaster enthusiasts have been debating which is better, Iron Gwazi or Velocicoaster. I have opinions. Adam has opinions. Adam, what were your first impressions of Iron Gwazi? So I think I've got a unique take on this compared to you, because I think you've said you've written this 12 times. I've written it but once. Could I have written it more when I went? Yes, of course. Did I? No, I wanted to ride Kumba. But <laughs> that's not saying that Kumba is better than Iron Gwazi necessarily. Um, but getting off of Iron Gwazi, getting onto Iron Gwazi, my bowels were shaking, as they say. It was it it's a scary looking thing. It was especially scary when it wasn't operating because it's just this looming 212 foot presence in the sky 
with like a drop straight beyond straight down. It, it terrified me. And even getting to the line, I was pretty nervous. And going up that hill, you kind of have to accept you can't be too nervous anymore because you've already gotten yourself this far. But on the way down, uh, it was just uh, it was so fun from there. Like it, it's an incredibly fun, very smooth roller coaster. And so much is a blur. And that's a great thing. And I think it's also why I like Velocicoaster a little bit more. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Iron Gwazi has so much great airtime, twisty, turny, head chopper moments. But the, and maybe it's just because I've only ridden it once, but like the different elements, I can't tell you like, what element did you like best? Because after the drop, it's all wood and airtime and yippee all of that and you know i was having a blast so like i don't want to go up well you know iron gwazi is the lesser roller coaster and that's my opinion because it's a great roller coaster actually you know i'm not going to talk about Velocicoaster right now i want to give you my first impressions on this ride alone and i think like jerry Maguire says um it completes bush gardens i think the past couple times i've been to bush gardens waiting for this roller coaster to open something didn't feel right something didn't feel complete and it's not because they had like two or three rides down for maintenance <laughs> every time I'd go. But um, it's just, there's that big space missing. And there was like, not that, this is going to sound kind of ironic, but that medium thrill. Because you had your like little usual thrills, like like Kumba, you had uh, Scorpion. I'm not saying that Kumba is like a low thrill ride. It's obviously not. But it's like a thrill that you're used to because it's been there for so long. Like, if yeah. you've ridden, like, any B&M, it feels the same. It's got yeah. its own unique things, for sure. But, um, like, I don't know, that's just something you're used to. Like, I don't go on Kuma like, wow, that was super intense. I just, that's super fun. And, like, Cobra's Curse is fun. Cheetah's, Cheetah uh, uh, Hunt is is fun. And and Scorpion and Sand Serpent, you look at them and say, that's cute. And then you've got, like, your big boys, like, Sheikra and Montu, and Tigris. And there really wasn't like that middle... That's really generous to call Tigris a big boy, but... <laughs> big boy in terms of, like, intensity. Like, That's it's an intense true. ride for That's... me, at least. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah. And because of how smooth and how fun Iron Gwazi is, I think that's another, like, okay, if I want to do something down the middle, that's the one. It sounds ironic to say that because it's just a lap bar. It does these inversions that are crazy. It's got this drop that's crazy. It looks frightening, but just, like, that level of thrill that I had, how much fun I was having, for me, that's, like, okay, we found kind of that um, that missing piece. Uh, maybe middle average, that's not the right word because it makes it sound like this is a 6 out of 10, it's a 10 out of 10. Um because it fits so well i think um i don't know if we want to get in, do you want me to get in the comparative game now or do you want to give your your early thoughts uh yeah so my early thoughts my first couple rides i was not fully sold on it um and this was largely due to the restraint and the pain that comes when it devolves into just an airtime machine i think the first it's a bad rub yeah yeah the first half of the ride um is fine then when you get to just a bunch of airtime hills at the end where it's just throwing you out of your seat and i and uh, i'll be completely honest here i have a little bit of a gut 
but it's not enough to sit on top of the lap bar and it's not enough to be behind the lap bar. And so what would happen is as we would go over, it would come up and then as we would go down, it would get like forced back down. Um, so it just, that would happen to me too. That would happen to me too. Yeah. And I just found that very uncomfortable. Um, and I was also unfamiliar with the layout, so I didn't know how to ride it. Like if, if you've ever been on a roller coaster enough times, you kind of learn, you learn the curves and like how to brace yourself for specific things. So I would say about the first um, three to four rides, I was still trying to feel it out. By the time I got to ride five through seven, it really started to turn a corner for me. And I, I kind of like, I, I like figured out um, how much I liked it and was able to appreciate it more. I still think, you know, top to bottom, an incredible coaster. I will I will give Rocky Mountain slack for those restraints because after riding Velocicoaster and just how comfortable and efficient that restraint system is, um, there's something to be said for A, how slow Iron Gwazi loads because they have to do the seat belts and then everybody has to be checked and then they have to do lap bars and everybody has to be checked again um, and there's only two trains. Um, so that, you know, you're lucky if you get out I would say more than 500 riders an hour, which is rough for a big coaster. Uh, whereas Velocicoaster can pump nearly 2000 an hour because of its efficiency. So, you know, mad props to Intamin and to Universal for figuring out how to do that quickly. But I think Iron Gwazi, I think it's a better paced coaster. I think it's more intense, uh, less, um, or yeah, more intense and more relentless than Velocicoaster, um, but just as its own ride, it is gorgeous. I love the purple. I I love the layout. I think the things that it does are unique, and it does them with such brilliant pacing that there's not a single dead moment on the whole ride. Um, and it's the perfect fit for Bush Gardens. I think honestly, it needed that star coaster. And let's be real, Montu yeah. Montu and Kumba were star coasters of the '90s. Shikro was a gimmick coaster. Cheetah Hunt is a great looking coaster and it certainly works as an icon, but it doesn't stand as a monument for thrill seekers saying they need to come here. Uh, yeah. Cobra's Curse filled out the lineup really well for families. And I think this was the perfect final piece until we see Bush Gardens like get a giga coaster or something like this was mm -hmm. a good standout star attraction for the park. And as somebody who grew, who's grown up going to Bush Gardens since I was one, this was, uh, this was fantastic. I really, I really enjoyed it. I just really think the, um, yeah, as a coaster, brilliant. Capacity, it's just hard to not look at Velocicoaster versus Iron Gwazi and say, Intamin, figure out how to do it with just a lap bar that's more comfortable, that loads faster, versus Iron Gwazi's, which takes like three to four minutes for a train to dispatch from the station. And you know, the trains are smaller and the queue is not as interesting um, so I, I, th I definitely think there's that aspect of it. And of course, Quick Queue isn't even implemented yet. So what what we waited in as an hour long line would probably end up being two hours in a year or so. Um, and that's just not fun. That's going to move at a crawl. So great coaster, poor implementation of uh, capacity strategies. But that's that's kind of my take on it. I kind of dipped into comparing with Velocicoaster. So I guess you can you can continue that. Yeah, sure. Uh, one thing I'm going to say, um, just kind of to respond to one of your points there, I think the reason it is such a slow load 
like I, I saw the count and I'm like, man, 90 seconds. I feel like that's a bit long, but also the ride itself is like 90 seconds. There's just no brake runs. So yeah, to me, it made sense. I kind of accepted that fact. I'm like, scientifically, I don't think they, or mathematically, I don't think they can get a whole lot of trains on there. Is that going to be a capacity issue down the line? Maybe, but I don't think, I don't think people are really going to care once they're on it. Um, yeah. I mean, sure, compared to Velocicoaster, yeah, it's a bummer that they can't get more out faster, but Velocicoaster's also got a lot more stops. You don't you don't stop on it, but it's got uh, the launches function as stops. You got the placers before the uh, before the uh, before the station. You know, you got these different spots that Iron Quasi just doesn't have because it chose to be relentless. Yes. So that'd be my response to that. Um, getting into the Velocicoaster conversation more, um, I do prefer Velocicoaster. If if Velocicoaster as it is and Iron Gwazi as it is were in the same park and you said, okay, choose one, I would go with Velocicoaster because, and I'm not even going to talk about like how you've got the queue, the better queue and, and, and all that because they're Bush and, and Universal playing completely different games. Absolutely. This is a coaster park coaster. Iron Gwazi is Velocicoaster is a theme park ride at the end of the day. Um, so just based on the coaster, I think that Velocicoaster has um, a much better buildup and much better environment than Iron Gwazi does, which puts it over the edge for me. Because Iron Gwazi, you go up, you go down the hill. You, it, it's, it's such a blur that I can't remember elements. I look and I'm like, oh yeah, there's that element, there's that element, there's the death roll. In the moment though, and thinking back to it, I'm like, yeah, stuff happened. Stuff happened. <laughs> Whereas with Velocicoaster, I remember going through the paddock. And if you just pretend that it's not part of a theme park ride and or like part of the Jurassic Park theming, and you're just like, there's elements here. I'm going through trees and waterfalls and stuff. I mean, heck, Cheetah Hunt does that. So there's there's a point of comparison there. Cheetah Hunt does more with the environment that makes that a much more memorable coaster to me than Iron Gwazi. Yeah. Not that that makes it necessarily a better coaster. I'm just saying that it makes it a preferable coaster to but me. Yeah, Cheetah Hunt the, engages with the layout of the park, like going, you know, going over the Sky Ride, going into the Rhino Rally Canyon, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying, actually, I wasn't saying that Cheetah Hunt's a better coaster than Iron Gwazi. Iron Gwazi is a better coaster for me. I was saying um, Velocicoaster is the pre- preferable to me than Iron Gwazi for that reason that I brought up the Cheetah Hunt as an example. You were probably following along. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that I was, I was telling someone after I got off that it was the buildup. I think Velocicoaster builds up to its elements, whereas Iron Gwazi just lays into the elements. And for me, I actually prefer the second half to the first half. Um, I really like that airtime. Yes, it rebel my gut. Yeah, but I also rode original Gwazi. I think it was the tiger side three times in a day during physics day in eighth grade. And I walked out with a bruise and in the moment I didn't care. And then I decided to be mad at it afterwards, even though it's a wooden coaster, <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, but anyway, going on it, didn't care. So it didn't keep me, that's not what kept me from writing it again. I just didn't want to write it again at the day. And it was not because I hated it. It's, it's not just sometimes you don't want to do it. You want to do more, you want to do more on your visit than just the big sexy thing. Yes. Um, yeah, and if we're going to have a silly comparison, um, you're going to hate me for this, but if you're playing a game of Kiss, Mary Kill, uh, of roller coasters, right? Um, Velocicoaster is, is the one you kiss. 
it's 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 attractive it's got those great elements that are memorable it's fun um and then you marry someone like kumba right just something reliable it's been there with you forever it yells at you but also you wouldn't want anyone else there and you kill i don't know a woody or something i don't know so iron guazi is like it's like the platonic friend that you're glad to have to go on this adventure with right that's what it is is to me that's where iron guazi falls it's the platonic friend that you're glad you have in your life but it's not there with you through the hardships like like kumba just kind of rushes through it it's the work wife it's the work wife of roller coasters um and and velocicoaster is meow i think i think balthazar banshee would be proud of your comparison skill. <laughs> listen jonathan i tried for days to think of a better comparison to put these roller coasters and none came <laughs> so i know it might sound like i'm trying to be goofy i'm not that's literally what i thought of when i got off the ride i'm like yeah that's kind of like the best friend or the work wife of roller coasters yeah it's it's fun it's there with you you know for the adventure and but but it's not gonna go home with you yeah given given how it got better for me um i'm curious what how it'll go for you when you get to try different rows and such oh yeah because we Uh, did straight down the middle yeah because you'll and you only did it one time um, yeah. which is not to discredit your experience or anything obviously no because i think i think when the lines do get long most people who are listening are just going to do it the one time exactly there uh, wasn't a strategy but i look back like that's actually kind of maybe a valuable insight yeah insight yeah i think if you're doing it one time you can only do it one time and i think you should do it you might be scared by it like me it's totally worth doing because it's not it's not scary it's just thrilling yeah yeah and it doesn't really build up to anything scary except for the queue because you're looking at that hill and like that's frightening and then you go up and go down and it's all's good yeah i will agree with you that kumba is so good kumba's pacing the layout the interaction with paths just the the vibe of it i i vibe with kumba it's very very uh good coaster much more so than montu in my opinion but i also really like i think uh at Bush Gardens, my three favorites are Kumba, Cheetah Hunt, and Iron Gwazi. I think Iron Gwazi is definitely um, tied with Kumba as the strongest coaster. I think Iron Gwazi is a lot more intense than Kumba. Um, but I think for me, there's a, definitely an element of fun that I like. And I feel like all three of those coasters have the fun element, but Cheetah Hunt probably has the most fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I think it, what makes a good coaster, you got to balance fun, intensity, and layout. I think Iron Gwazi really wins on intensity. Kumba yeah. wins on layout, and Cheetah Hunt wins on fun because Cheetah Hunt is just plain fun with very little intensity. Yeah. Um, but Iron Gwazi is much more intense, and it also has a very, very strong layout um, that you know leave, uh, is is not merciful, um, <laughs> and that's that's good. I really love Iron Gwazi. It inspired me to write a whole mini video that we might get around to making at some point um i think what rmc is doing with coasters is fantastic just this kind of genre bending you have a coaster that goes upside down and has ton of air time and just does every anything and everything with a lap bar going over 200 feet and that's that's it's mind-blowing i'm so glad that i finally got to ride one um me too and it's a really exciting time for coasters. But yeah, I, I think overall, um, Iron Gwazi is definitely the better coaster for me. Velocicoaster is the better experience. 
Um, I think I think Velast Coaster is great. I don't think there's anything on Iron Gwazi that's better than the Mosasaurus roll on Velast Coaster. That that dunk over the lake is mind blowing. The fact that they get you so close to the water, um, just the location, everything of Velasa Coaster. But I, I I think the layout of Velasa Coaster is is kind of it, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think it is as perfectly paced and timed as Iron Gwazi's. I think there's... I think that's something that we defer on a little bit then. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, the the idea of, um, like, Velocicoaster, like, the whole paddock section feels very, what can we do with this space? Mm-hmm. Let's twist and turn around ourselves and go through the rock work, lots of head choppers. Um, and then you kind of get when you get in, out into the wide open. I mean, then that's how they build it. You know, it's, it starts as a twister and then turns into an out and back um, with the big helix and everything. And it allows them to do a lot. Um, I just think Iron Gwazi, because it has that that just piece of land to work with and as much room as it wants, like the pacing and the transitions are just so flawless. Um, and I, I don't know if I can say that for Blast Coaster. But again, that's just my opinion. Obviously, it'll be different for everybody. Um, and I still think Blast Coaster is the better overall attraction, um, mostly just for the innovations of capacity and restraints and overall experience. Yeah. One thing I noticed with the layout, and I think the layout is really the sticking point for me. And it's not even like, it's not even, oh, I don't like this element. I don't like that element. So maybe layout's not the right word. Maybe the right word is environment. Um, it's a very bare space and it really only interacts with itself. Right. Um, which is interesting. It's entertaining, but it's in like the least attractive spot in the park. Um, and it's all hidden, which does, you know, allow for some interesting cue things. Like if you count the queue as like part of the anticipation oh yeah the anticipation the anticipation builds because you really can't see the rest of the coaster besides the hill anywhere you see elements you see bits and pieces but it doesn't really come into a full picture for you until you write it until you're on it which that's interesting but um yeah it's just a really boring spot for yeah. me yeah um, yeah and I'm not even just I'm not comparing it to Velocicoaster in this case, although obviously that is a thing. Um, but all the other bush coasters just, or most of the bush coasters, do it much better. Um, Cheetah Hunt, we talked about Montu. I actually I feel like I don't know Montu's space too well because I'm always looking at the seat in front of me. But that still has some really cool interaction with its environment, no matter where you are. Like it does the. I think it's a loop uh, Trenches, between yeah. a bridge. It used to have crocodiles. That's that was pretty memorable. I'm the sure train. for like the two months they probably did that. Um, you know, you can see the parking lot, which is kind of its own thrill. Uh, Shikra obviously is a is a showman through and through. Uh, I haven't done Tigers too much. I guess I really can't make that comparison. But I mean, it goes back still, to the station, so you're watching it rush by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got some cool tiger facts uh, as, as you wait. Iron Gwazi is very l- loosely themed, but I think that's not even themed. It, it, oh, yeah. It doesn't incorporate its theme into the 
the queue very interestingly. Um, you get a couple of uh, crocodile facts, um, and that's about it. So things I've said are like SeaWorld's strength in the past. That does not apply to Iron Quasi. <laughs> well, I think, I think it compares just... more to what you're saying with Icebreaker, where you got a couple of penguin facts. You got a couple of of, of crocodile. Is it a crocodile or a gator? It's it's crocodile. Iron Guazi had more a more interesting cue than Icebreaker, far mm. above and away. I think. Um, I think that just navigated pretty. I like the navigation. I will yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. I think it just goes to show that um, SeaWorld is focusing on the ride and and not the theming at this moment and yeah and it's not even like the in this case the ride's not even a prelude to learning in the way SeaWorld's done before or a couple of the bush rides have done i also say SeaWorld's done it more um and i'm comparing to SeaWorld because it's the same owner um which you know it's a little bit of a bummer but also i don't care in the moment <laughs> yeah in the moment what's what matters is the ride and am i going to melt in line that's all that matters you will melt in line for a little bit um make how, sure you bring the sunscreen yeah. i was gonna be like how is there part of that queue that's outdoors you should know better at this point i know and it's just like that one spot that you're gonna like toast in so much so that even in previews guests are like what if we make an agreement not to go that way and we just cut through this gate here? Everyone in agreement? Okay, I like that. Okay, let's do it. I think the era of themed attractions at SeaWorld ended with Cobra's Curse in 2016. And that's very sad. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about, I forgot to even mention that one. But yeah, that's probably the king of all of them. Yeah, it's definitely the king of the, I mean, because you think about the early 2000s, you know, you had, or not early, early 2010s, like you had Turtle Trek, you had Antarctica, you had just, uh, you know kind of the last breath of SeaWorld's themed entertainment um and then kind of like that response to the wizarding world antarctica was response to the wizarding world uh, i think cobra's curse and trying to add a story and lore and like the bathroom easter egg which i think i think have you seen the bathroom mirror easter egg no cobra's curse bathroom where if you actually push the little mummy button on one of the three mirrors a mummy reveals itself behind the mirror Oh, that's cool. I usually walk people to the bathroom. I don't actually go in there. <laughs> but yeah, just so many um, little details and, and lore things and, and story that were a direct response to Harry Potter, you know, having the original drink. Yeah, because SeaWorld has the South Pole chill. Uh, there was some sort of Cobra's Curse special drink. I forget what it was. The It was, it was kind of a response to that. And then after um, they realized, oh, wait, these things are expensive to maintain let's let's just go back to doing coasters for a little yeah but i don't think i don't think florida is hurting for that uh, as far as no. all the tourism attractions go it's diversity you've, you, yeah you've got your big daddy uh theme parks in orlando you've got your you know your little i don't know what you call fun park or fun spot oh man all the fun spot people are going to hate me for calling it fun park um <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry um bush bush gardens is florida's coaster park it's their cedar point it's their six flags and that fills a niche and that's why even as this park has evolved in small ways and big ways i don't think anyone's felt like they've let themselves go yeah. because everyone was doing what it was doing better <laughs> except for the animals um i guess for in some people's opinion um that was kind of its differentiator 
but now the focus they still focus on the animals but that's kind of like a divided focus on animals and roller coasters and you know they're rocking the roller coaster game so good on them they don't really need that much else i mean if you go in the line for fury 325 you know what the theming is the hornet the hexagon no no it's the ride (laughs) yeah there's a hornet out front you've got some like cool lights and stuff that are themed to a wasp or a hornet or whatever but you know when you're in line you're looking at the ride you're prepared to ride the ride on nighthawk might mean a owl or something but no it's you're just prepping for the ride and that's what's great about those parks and bush is doing it well too so nothing wrong with that i know we say story matters the most but you know i it's not it's not a needed ingredient it's a nice ingredient to have (laughs) i like the little bit of you know theming and story they put in cobra's curse doesn't make me want to wait in that two-hour line though it's true Cobra's Curse is a deep lore that I want to uncover that they put thought into that like like interconnected characters like the guy delivering the safety instructions on the safety spiel video his name was Buns and like on the on the board with all the letters they're like jazz band practice Buns will be there with his tuba um so clearly they, they developed characters and world that nobody has taken the time to to uncover I know somebody posted the entire Cobra's Curse radio audio loop to youtube was uh, it you again no no it was not me it was not me this time it was it was somebody else i was you know i was i was like ah oh, my spirit is there um but you know maybe maybe <laughs> maybe i want to listen to that and figure out what the cobra's curse story is and maybe we'll do an expose on that at some point down the line i know expose was not the right word but hey let us know everyone in the comments let us know <laughs> send an email send a tweet do you want the Cobra's Curse expose? That's that's your assignment, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been going for an hour. Uh, do you have anything? It doesn't else feel like it. Not at this point. No. Uh, do you have anything else to to say, Adam, about uh, Iron Gwazi? Because I think I've kind of said my piece until I make that video about uh, RMC coasters that I wrote inspired by Iron Gwazi. Yeah. Um, it's one I'm looking forward to writing again. I think that's all I can say about it. Um, you don't have to make it a comparison game when you go. Obviously, you, you'll compare it, but like, don't go in and be like, well, we're going to see if it's better than Velocicoaster. Nah, enjoy it for what it is, and I think you'll have a lot of fun. Um, embrace the fear, and then enjoy the fun that comes after. Um, use the test seat absolutely yes because it'll give you an idea of what you're in for that actually helped me because i'm like oh okay it's a little snug i kind of like the snugness though because i see that hill and i want to make sure i'm comfortable when i plummet to my doom and it turned out it wasn't doom it was a pizza party metaphorically speaking so yeah that is our theme park workshop (laughs) (laughs) that is is our review of iron guasi thank you so much for listening this week and Saying goodbye, your two platonic friends, Adam and Jonathan. Yes. We're each other's time quasi. (laughs) (laughs) This week's episode has been brought to you by our patrons, Lana Kenoki and AJ Dana. This week's episode has also been produced and edited by Adam Johnson, hosted by Jonathan Edward and Adam Johnson, and featured Balthasar Banshee. 
You can follow the show at WorkshopTP on Twitter and Theme Park Workshop on Instagram. Go tweet at Balthazar Banshee at Disney Banshee. Jonathan's on Twitter at Wesley As You Wish. Adam's on Twitter at AdamJ underscore film. And, of course, subscribe to Theme Park Workshop on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Bye!